0: Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, d-a-m-o-n, at exityourway.us, or check out our website, exityourway.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm Damon Postolka, your host, and with me today, I've got a couple special guests. First of all, we've got Mike Finger up in the upper right-hand corner to me from Exit Oasis. Mike, glad to have you here today. Pleasure to be here, Damon. Yeah, awesome, man. And then we've got my partner, Andrew Cross. Got to have him down in the bottom center because we are talking about the keys to preparing a business for sale. Andrew, great to have you here today too, man.
1: Sounds good, that's great, good to see you you guys.
0: We got you on camera, not behind the scenes today. So we're gonna have some fun, have some fun. All right, so I thought what we could start out with is, is Mike, I think you've got three simple questions or statements that you like to work around when you're helping clients prepare their business for sale. We'll start there, I've got a few points and then we'll start in on the discussion about overall, what, what really are the key things for people to do? So could you start us off with that, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: So when I first came to this space, um, I, I came as an, as a business owner. And what struck me when I went through my first sale and subsequent to that was how complicated this space can be right we we all know that even if you're thoughtful and intentional about it you go out and you look for lists and what what should i focus on you very quickly come up with 47 things on 15 different pieces of paper this thing you, you know this analysis that look at this ratio and for me as a small business owner, it was just too much. And I find that the business owners I work with have a limited time to spend on this. And so what, what I look to do is to really boil it down as much as I could. And I I ask three basic questions when we sit down uh, working with a small business owner. The first question is, are your results desirable? And don't over don't overthink that one small business owners when we say desirable is what you produce in your business as the re- results that you produce in two key factors uh, attractive to someone else those two factors your seller's discretionary earnings and your job right seller's discretionary earnings that's your owner's clash cl- cash flow that's what you generate um more is better Is that a desirable number? Second is your job. Are you uh, working 18 hour days in miserable conditions with lousy people? Why would I pay you to have that job? So are your (laughs) results desirable? Yeah. yeah. Can, uh, Can a buyer duplicate your results? That's the second question. Do you have a team? Do you have systems or is everything dependent on you? So yeah. can a buyer duplicate your results? And finally, can you document, re, document your results? Do you have clean records? Can you prove it to me? Mm-hmm. If you can answer yes to those three simple questions and it's really important you're honest with yourself when you're asking them, but if you can answer yes to those simple questions, you are exponentially uh, ahead when it comes to having a business that you can sell. So that's 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 our simple approach.
0: Yeah. And I love that. And I'll, I'll share my points And that It's funny how you and I independently came up with the list and, and did that. But before we get into that, Mike, explain to people the frame of reference where you're coming from now, you're helping people preparing businesses, a small business for sale, but you've also sold several businesses of your own. I, you know, I have, I've been lucky
2: enough to have four successful exits and, um, Started a business in the mid '90s, grew it over 15 years, uh, sold at the end of 2010. Um, that was a, a life changer for me. I worked as a business broker for a little while, loved part of that, hated part of that. Uh, worked in an accelerator for a little, for a couple of years, then bought and sold two small businesses. I think primarily to prove to myself that I hadn't been a fluke the first time through. So. I've been able to be on both sides of the table, buyer, seller, and broker, and uh, I love the space. It is a, it is a, a, a life changing space for so many small business owners if they can get from owner to former owner successfully. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a very difficult process for sure. Uh, d- kudos to you for getting through that. That's uh, that's <laughs> multiple times for most yeah. people. It- for most people, it's a one-shot deal, and uh, it is. it's enough. It's enough. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh...
2: <laughs> I, I, I fell in love with that space right after the sale.
1: I fell in love
2: with the possibilities that exist, and the opportunities that exist, and the reduction in stress and responsibility that I, I, I've got. I've got a colleague on LinkedIn who recently sold his business, and he's been producing a fair amount of content about that time space and uh mm-hmm. what a lovely time period that is
1: yeah 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 well it's really interesting we uh uh we work with clients too and i think where we came from uh you know on the broker side you know, i i totally uh, relate to what you were saying love it and hate it at the same time but uh You know, teaming up with Damon um, over the last five, six years now, we've been working together because bringing that consultant experience, consultancy and management consulting. Our team, we've been working on helping businesses improve, you know, for years, Um, not with an exit in mind necessarily, right? But when you you step into that space, um, when the exit's happening, which is like you said, it is to me also, it's fascinating because... There is change coming, and, you know, a company may have been in, uh, kind of in a rut or hitting ceilings for quite a while, um, you know, not dying, but necessarily. But, you know, um, everybody wants to put some fresh paint on and fifth the place up before they sell it, and, um, and they're willing to do that at that point, right? Um, so, but there's no well, reason not absolutely. to do it before that, right? Uh, but it's because then it's really the, the whole spotlight of where I'm at. You know, um, is right in front of you now, and and the changes. I need to do this. I need to, you know, I need to get the right people in the right seats, or I need to, you know, I need to get better accounting systems. You know, I need more real time information, things that the buyers want to see, like yep. what you're talking about in these processes. Um, and you start doing them. Yeah, it's it's a, a little bit of a shame that it, bittersweet that it's happening last minute. Yeah, uh, you know,
2: but- that's a, a gr- you you hit the nail on the head, Andrew. Uh, the best part of the work that I do is that I'm dealing with business owners that are more open to change than they are at any other time in their career right yeah. because they want that exit they want that result and you say here's what a buyer wants and yep. if we can't if you're not willing to put the business there that's okay but then you don't get to you don't get the exit yeah,
1: yeah it, 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 or the exit you want you know, necessarily too, but because uh, there are bad exits, um, and there Fair, are there's yeah. a lot of ways to get out of business, um, and most of them are bad. <laughs> the best way to get out, the good way, is to sell your business, the money that you want, on the terms that you want. But, uh, yep. but we, you know, we, yeah, I think that's I think it's a fascinating space too, and and um, and it's you know it's very rewarding to to start to get in and put some systems in place, something that you can hand off to a buyer, right, and sort of tune up the whole strategy and the playbook so that, you know, and that's what we try to, you know, uh, accomplish, you know, it's a little deeper than just putting a flyer together and saying here, there's X business for sale. Here's your playbook, Mr. Entrepreneur coming in. This is, you know, uh, here's the plan, here's the projections, here's the strategies, you know, all the things that you need to execute, all you need to do is execute this with your skills and experience and your cap and go to work on it. Um, and that's, you know, so that's a different level, uh, of getting the exit. but, you know, as you do that with the owners and then the light bulb goes off and a lot of them are going, God, I wish I'd started doing this 10 years ago. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. A- absolutely. And that's, yeah, yeah, it's actually the wonderful yeah. thing about, about the owners I work with is, uh, I don't get paid on commission. I don't care if they sell the business. And it's not an uncommon result that the business gets resolved towards being less dependent on the owner, systems driven, right? All of these, a little bit more profitable, right? All of these, we start checking these boxes and suddenly they go, I think I'm going to hold on to this thing for a little <laughs> while, which is a fabulous outcome. Because yeah, sure. again, we all know that the best business to own is one you could sell tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. And you make a good point because that actually happens that two things happen to us usually when when we're doing this is we'll start helping somebody and they will sometimes fall back in love with their business, which is good. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes that's part of our overall strategy too, because when you look at a smaller business, they may not be able to meet their retirement goals with just the sale of the business. So it may take us to increase the size and profitability of the business and make it easier to run and more desirable for the new buyer. But then they may have to run it for a period of years and continue to grow it at a little slower rate or or whatever, or we continue consulting with them. You know, we just had a client that called us this year that we worked with them four years ago. And that was the plan from the beginning. And, sure. you know, we had a really definite amount of money they needed. We we got them up to the point. We said okay, and they, they had a definite exit timeline. They said I want to, you know, I want to do it when I'm a certain age, and okay, cool. And then honestly, it was it was very nice because they called it up and said, yeah, we've been growing. We're a little bit bigger than you know when you know tw- it was like twenty percent bigger than when we talked to them. And yeah, I'm I'm ready to go now. Yeah. And it's like that's cool because you go back in and I know that they've got good people in place and they've got good processes. So it's really nice. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Can you guys hear me? Okay.
0: Yes. Can. Mm-hmm. Yes. Again.
1: I didn't know if I cut out there, but now there's um you no, know, that's a very good example too, because really um what this does is if you've been through a bad lack oh. of control, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's really uh the owners you know um turning it over to brokers they have other people coming in they've got auditors looking up their skirt they've got you know they have to go clean up house they have to remove bad employees you know all this stuff they have to do and then they realize you know uh, by the time this is all done and this process takes seven or eight months um they're just sick of it and they've lost complete control over this and and that's what if you have a company like that that you're answering the questions uh, that you're talking about with the processes and the people that can run itself, um, then you're in control of your as know, knowing your value um, and yeah. what you're working towards as well. So you know, and that's at the end of the day, I think uh, that makes it a whole lot easier uh, for uh, for the sellers, and um, you know, and it makes them happier when it's yeah. all said and done. yeah yeah, yeah.
0: So coming back uh, again to what our control topic comes about,
1: when you're going in a good direction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So coming back again to the, the, the keys, keys to preparing a business for sale. I, you know, I'm going to share my list that I came up with and I'm going to clean it up a little bit. Cause this, it's much rougher than Mike's. Mike's got it is really dialed in well, but, but one of my first ones, because if you just go out and Google the, the big, the biggest reasons why businesses don't sell and it's, it's, around value. And I always say, you need to be comfortable with the value of your business, the realistic value of your business, because just because you want your business to sell for $2 million or 10 million or 15 million, that's doesn't mean it's got to support it. As, as Mike was saying, it has to have the, the, the discretionary earnings or the appropriate measure for that, that, that allows the owner, the new buyers, to get the investment return the return on the investment that they want so you really have to get comfortable with that value if you're you know you have to be comfortable with that if you're not comfortable with it you need to change it It, it's not something it's not it's not you know we we have to do that if we sell a piece of real estate right real estate's got a certain value and and people for some reason think businesses don't because they've got potential or they got this or that but at the end of the day it is about the profitability of a business, and that is, the, the by and large, one of the biggest drivers of value uh, in the vast majority of businesses. I don't care if you read about a unicorn company that sold for 100 times you know, earnings or something like that. That's a completely different scenario, than or a public yeah. company, or you know, a famous company. I mean, just there's so many variables, but the day-in and day-out business owner, it's a simple math. It's can they make return on the investment? Go ahead, Andrew.
1: Yeah, it's a difficult thing, uh, I think, for an owner. But I like to say you you need to know value. You need to know your value. And yes, it and keep in mind, it'll never be as much as you think. Yes. (laughs) So at the end of the day, but there's ways to find out. It is a difficult thing to do because like real estate, real estate is um, highly regulated. Um, it it puts the consumer in control um, to protect them, and it, 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 there's no hidden information. You have all the information you need to make a big, you know, decision on real estate as an investment. Um, you don't get that in, in business transactions, uh, so you have to go out and work a little harder to understand your value. Um, and just chatting with. Um, one of your buddies at the golf club who sold this company four years ago and got a, a nine multiple that he's bragging about doesn't make your company worth a nine multiple. <laughs> and, yeah, right. know, Those those are the kind of things, you know, because uh, I, I come up and they got an idea. And you can't, you can't go into that with, um you know, into a, a transaction with a price in your head or a number in your head, because uh, you'll end up chasing the rabbit. But you know, I think uh, the better way to do it is to find out what you need and, and get the number you want out of it and start building a company to to that level and, and be disciplined about it. Treat it like an investment. Um, now you, like, you guys are um, you guys are both
2: you, know, you guys are both way over complicating this. Let me flash back. There we go. To the, to the Mike who it, owned his business for ten, the first 10 years that Mike yes. knew his business was worth two times revenue. That's what I read in an article one day. <laughs> So that's what my business was worth. So I focused on growing revenue. I got it up to five million. I thought, listen, if I get even one times revenue, that's enough uh, that's enough runway for me to do what I want to do next. And I can put myself right now at my desk hanging up the phone from the third broker who said, I can't sell it. It's not worth anything. Two owner dependent, not enough cash flow. What do you mean it's not worth two times revenue? It is crazy. It's crazy how we draw conclusions on this huge transaction from the dumbest things, like the guy at the golf course who said he got nine times earnings. I love it, Mike. It's I love crazy. it, Mike. You, you <laughs> bring
1: there. I actually, I've got a. I I've got a. I got a. a who owns a little craft distillery uh, tequila business that he markets and sells. I don't know what he's doing uh, and how much money. But uh, when uh, George Clooney sold his tequila company, was in I the know. news for, uh, I don't know, a billion or something. He was yeah. giving me a call saying, I think I can get that <laughs> <laughs> like, Hey, you ate George Clooney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <was for> <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. But we laugh, but it's incredibly painful. It is, it is, and it's, it's <laughs> it is terribly was painful. For me.
0: It's terribly painful oh. too. And and when you when you look at it, the thing that, that is is what I think is a disservice that the the overall investment banking, business, brokerage or whatever you want to call it, is there is leeway in, in valuation. There is, you know, because part of it is risk and you know and, and some other things in market. And obviously I'm not a valuation expert, but there is. So people take that too liberally to get to get maybe get a listing to sell a business perfectly knowing well that it's not going to sell for that amount of money. They're just hoping that, you know, either they may hope to get lucky and someone bid, you know, be able to come with a sale that's too high or they're fully intending on that. They're going to have to come back and, and, you know, help the buyer rationalize a lower offer for that business, which I, I think that, um you know, on the flip side, what you were saying, yes, it's real easy to see the high-publicized deals like you and Andrew both brought up, and your, it, it's it's very common, and that's why I think understanding the value and having a few different viewpoints on that, going in, uh, even if you can, as sometimes we do in in some of the bigger deals, we actually we'll float them out to some equity people that we know or some buyers that we know in the market. And we'll say, you know, what is, what is this value if it's good? So Yeah. Well,
1: here's another thing. And and I'll just, you know, put this up for any business owner out there. Um, Go talk to your banker, you know, go talk to your SBA lender and say, Hey, I want to sell my business. You know, what do you, you know, uh, they're the ones who are probably going to be financing it. So they're a factor in the decision too. It's not just the buyer. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but, I, I haven't done 100% cash deals ever. <laughs> people are going to, you know, people are going to come in and leverage capital uh, to buy these businesses. Uh, uh, and and uh, to get it all cash, it doesn't happen very often. But a banker is a great resource to really understand your value, too, because they'll look at your debt ratios and, you know, and your cash flow and, uh, and all that stuff. And, you know, it's very common sense at the end of the day as far as the numbers go. So and that's that's exactly that's
2: exactly where I try to to focus with with owners is I we put on the buyer's hat and we say, Okay, you want this for it. Here's what here's the two things your buyer has to do after they buy your business. They still have to buy groceries and pay rent, and they gotta pay the debt they incur to buy the business. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's do that simple math. Mm -hmm. Here's what your business produces, Mm -hmm. here's what you want for it. it. You're telling me I got to bring 70 grand to the table each year to buy this business. How does that work? I, I mean, the, the and, and again, I've yeah. been on the other side of the table as the seller where I'm like, why should I have to care about? Oh, I guess I should care about how somebody might actually buy this business if I want to sell it.
0: Oh, I love the conversation because yeah. my number two is know your buyer and make the business attractive to them now if you if you're going to try to put a buyer into that situation it's not a very attractive business to them it is not and and yeah. the and, and it's in and that that point also brings up your your other point that you made that was so great on the fact uh is it desirable you, you can't it can't be too dependent on you that was another thing that i had you can't the you have to remove the owner from key operational things, but knowing your buyer and putting yourself in that situation, just as you said, you know, what does that, what does this new person going to be able to do? Um, And how are they going to pay this money back? Because as you mentioned, most times, the buyer's going to come in, they're going to have leverage that you didn't have as the the owner now. They're going to have to take out that loan, they're going to be paying that loan back, and then they're going to want to try to grow the business too. And yes, they're still going to want to return so they can eat and do whatever else they want with that, with some some money. So, that well, is yeah. a big consideration.
1: Yeah, you built equity in the company, but the, the other guy coming in is starting it. He's starting to climb the mountain. And he's got to get over that. And how long is that going to take? And yeah, what we call that is um, what you're talking about is the price entity check.
0: <laughs> That's yeah,
1: exactly right. You know, I mean, does the cash flow support the debt service? Does the cash flow pay? the operator the owner who's coming in, uh, at least the living wage, cause he's probably gonna be working hundred dollars a week, at least right. for the first year, for sure. And, you know, is he getting paid at least market rate for that and is there enough after that to re back invest in the business? Because, right. you know, yeah. you have to, yeah, you, you can't just, you know, I mean, it's gonna need new paint every year or, you know, whatever you gotta do to it. There's capital expenditures and, and, and yeah. there's gotta be enough sufficient cash flow to cover that. So that's yeah. that's the price sanity check. And then we'll work back what the number is. What What's kind of cool about it, though, is it's, you know, I, I hate to be in that position where we have to talk to the business owners about what they can get. You know, this is the part that I hated about being a broker uh, because, you know, they've always come to us at, they come to the broker at the end. And then we start talking about all these kind of things. And there isn't a lot of time to change things, but you can have an impact on it if you start thinking about it way ahead of time. Um, you know, know what your number is, where you want to go, where your value is today. Start building a company towards that. It's possible to do that, I and mean, you can do it very quickly. Um, yep. You know, it's just, uh, uh, and you know, uh, and it's not personal, right? Uh, <laughs>
2: then, that's you know, right. It really
1: is. You know, get back in control of it. Yeah.
2: Or, or uh, even if you can't get there. G- informed consent, right? Now I understand what my business is likely going to be worth. It's time to get that simple IRA going. It's time to do some yeah. other things yeah. so that I'm not 65 trying to get $300,000 for a business that's worth a hundred grand because the wife wants to buy a $300,000 home in Florida when we retire. I yeah. had that conversation with the seller. Mm, oh, I was wow. a potential buyer. It's like, well, this is mm-hmm. why it's got to be worth this much. It, well,
0: I don't care about mm-hmm. your Florida home. Yeah, yeah. And and that's a great point. Yeah. And it's the buy, the two market great points. doesn't care. Yeah, market doesn't yeah. care what you want for it. And, <laughs> and time gives you options. You know, five years ahead. And I know people go, oh, five years ahead. But five years will allow you to double plus the value of your business if you work on it. And it won't kill you in the process and you'll be able to you'll be able to enjoy that extra money throughout those years and as you begin to make more money you invest that money into other investments outside of your business and then and when it's time to sell you not only did i have a business that's worth more money and i sell it for more at the end I have those investments as well. And those have been accumulating for me all along. This is a time thing. And I know I I don't want to sound like a financial advisor, but we use a lot of the same principles when you're looking at a business like this. And when it comes to bigger businesses, even like some of the businesses that we sell that are in the, you know, the 10 plus million dollar range. The owners coming in, even if they're equity groups that are coming in or uh, other search fund buyers, they're still doing the same math. You know, That's they're right. they're still. It's it's just the math. That there's money beyond just the if they bring a CEO in or whatever they do. There's money beyond that that has to go towards the fund as return. It has to go back to the mothership for return after debt and do that. So. It really doesn't, the, the price, whether it's a, a $250,000 bakery on the, on the corner or a $25 million industrial bakery, it really doesn't matter. They still have to produce a return and the valuation principles are, are similar, similar, obviously not the same, but similar. Yep. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Now, the, and you said, uh, make the results desirable. One of mine was, is, is remove the owner from key operational roles. Yeah, that's often very difficult. Yep, that's the can my
2: can my buyer duplicate my results? Right? I, I, yep. If that if the results walk out the door when the owner walks out the door, um, what am I buying? I, I got I got nothing of value here. So it's got to be yeah. about the team. It's got to be about the systems, and it's got to be about an owner who's willing to sacrifice a little bit of their ego so that the place actually runs without them.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, absolutely well
1: said. yeah well said yeah it's yeah. uh that's a it's a it's a value driver I think too I mean, what you have to really understand is um, you know if you can come in here you know we'll ask them straight up just if you were doing a, a business valuation one of the first questions we talk about is um, where you know where is your key employees what are the processes do you have your processes written on yes or no yes um, can you leave the company? for two weeks, you know, and go on a vacation and not have to call. If you can answer yeah. yes to those kind of questions, then your company, it's going to jump, you know, in another multiple in value. Yep. Cause you got the right people running it. I mean, just on that alone, uh, yep. we'll add a zero. And, and,
2: and again, I, I, I think that's very true. Here's where one of the places where I want to call out to the smallest, to the real small business owners out there. It's not just about a multiple of, of, of value. If you can't do that in your small business, you can't sell your small business, is, right? I mean, that, yeah. if you're middle market, yeah. okay, I can get 12 million instead of 10 million. If you're a small business owner, you will not sell the business if it's dependent on you. I, I mean, it's just game over. It's, it's not, I, oh, absolutely. and again, I, th- that's, that's the problem in this space is that what you said is truth, Andrew but it's not truth for everybody. Yep. And and that is, that is a horrific reality that small business owners have to understand because the majority of the content that's out there is for the middle market. It's for yep. that space where that flow is. And, and again, you're speaking absolute truth to people who need to hear that, but there's a different audience out there that should completely ignore what you just said, and there's an audience out there that should ignore what I'm saying because it what you said applies yeah. to them, and that's yeah. that's a reality of this that we as business owners don't always recognize.
0: Yeah, that's a
1: great point. Yeah, I think that's you're absolutely right. It's a zero sum game. I think for the smaller business owner, it's not you're going to take a haircut on the sale. There's going to yep. be no sale in, in some right. of these factors. That's that's the difference. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Good point.
0: Yeah yeah no doubt well there's one that I, that I'm going to bring up that I don't know that that it's that it's in your list, Mike and maybe it is because of the size of businesses we work on. it's but diversifying your revenue. That's one of the things that we've run into the past couple of years that even on nice sized businesses you know that are approaching 10 million dollars in revenue and very profitable, diversifying revenue is something that scares buyers away you know concentrated revenue. Is Absolutely. something that scares buyers away at even even larger. I mean, we've yep. we've had even larger businesses where it scared people. So, is that what do you think on the scale of that? If I've got one client or that's that's generating ninety percent of my revenue, is that in a small business? Is that going to deter from the the overall sale? Well, it's certainly a cautionary uh, uh, element for a buyer. Right. Again,
2: if we're at the yes stage on those questions, if a buyer can duplicate my results. It's still a risk if those results are dependent on one ven- on one yeah. customer, right? It, there, there's just no way around that. Um, does it does it keep a sale from happening? I don't know. Maybe, right? Uh, maybe, but maybe not. If I can prove to you that I've got this contract with a fifty yeah. percent client that goes for the next three years. Um, you know, maybe they're going to give you a shot to see if if you can pull it off. But it's absolutely um, uh, uh, in in the head of, of potential buyers. No question. Yeah.
0: So what are your thoughts oh, and there, Andrew? And the lenders,
1: Andrew? too. Yeah, the lenders. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the
0: lenders, yeah. too. Great point.
1: One of the first things they want to look at, you know, too. So, well, I think, you know, like I said, I think it's not impossible to get a deal done or to get an exit done but you know if you're tied in to, that tight to one customer it's, it's a risk it's a big risk for everybody involved um you know and certainly i think even beyond that too if you can add a, another, a few uh, different revenue streams or, or a couple new customers and it doesn't even have to be for a long period of time if you can if you can get that and get that level down a little bit um yep. you know you're going to increase your value you are going to yeah. exit for more so it's It's a plus plus, so, um, and it can be done. All these things can be done uh, in in a pretty quick if you start thinking about it. That's right. But, you know, if you're chugging along at your business with your one client, this is very common in small businesses because, hey, that one client I've had, you know, is enough for me. It's not enough for a buyer. That's the difference. Um, A buyer is going to be taking on a loan and has to make that debt service, like you said, and has to pay himself. It's just... It's not enough for them. So you just got to think about that. And think about your customer, who is now not the person who's you're selling your services or product to. It's the new customer is the person who's buying your business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: And, and and it's the cruelty of this topic, right? There's nobody that advocates yeah. for this. The the client's gonna gonna come through my door and complain about service. The employees gonna come through my door and talk about benefits. Um, nobody's going to come through the door and say, Hey, Damon, you want to get out of here in five years. You've got to start right. I mean, there's no advocate for this other than, uh, the owner themselves.
0: Yeah. I think Andrew died on us there, (laughs) but, uh, but he'll come back when he's ready. Um, you're right. You're right. And I think that, that the, the, the owners, they're just, they have to get, educate themselves as much as they can. As early as possible in this, because I honestly, at, at, after doing this now for for the years that I did, and I didn't even realize it when I was doing it as part of investment groups and other things, buying and selling, um, how stressful it is to to buy or to sell a company, you know. Yeah. And until now, That's helping crazy. with helping the clients doing it, and it is it is crazy, and. Uh, it, it really is something that the more you can be prepared, the more you can be educated, I, I think the better off you will be, as most things in life. But um, Absolutely. Damon, yeah. that's
2: such an important point. I, I can still remember that time period where I was spending eight hours a day running my business as if I was going to own it forever And then another eight hours pulling together everything I needed to get, you know, to answer the buyer's questions and talk to the broker and figure out financing. It's crazy making.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I ran out of juice, didn't you? I totally (laughs) ran out of juice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were just talking about the fact that, you know, it's Mike made a very good point about it there's no one that really advocates for the buyer uh, in this process and it's and it's and there's not really it's just a it's just a such a tough thing and 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 then i mentioned about how important it is to really get educated early and and do and and be prepared and and mike mentioned about the fact that he was running his business for 8 hours a day and then he spent eight hours at night trying to get his, the, the stuff for the, the buyers that they wanted their information and everything else ready to go mm-hmm. and how that just adds to that overall stress factor when you're doing that. And yeah. it, it, it is a, it is a brutally uh, challenging process for a, for a seller of a business. There's no it, doubt about it. It
1: is too. And, and uh, you know, and this is very uh, particularly uh Prevalent in small businesses, owner operated businesses too, because they're running the business. Yeah.
0: yeah. And
1: it's a, a a you know, the, the the customer buying the company or buying a business is demanding. The bankers are demanding. Everybody's calling on your time. And you're you know, at it, your business isn't stopping to do that. That's right. And and it's just that's you know, it's a difficult thing to get through. on um, t- you know, it's hard enough just to be in business
2: absolutely absolutely well, But then if you're lucky enough if 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 things line up then you get through that storm and the and the clouds part and this beautiful rainbow comes it, again I, I just love that time period after the that, sale that deposit it, into your what pocket. a wonderful thing it's it, 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 it I kid you not it was a miracle in my life I was I was scheduling in my heart attack. I didn't like the business that I was in anymore. I was unhappy, uh, but we held it together long enough to make that exit. And it was just—it yeah. was a do-over. It was just a marvelous uh-uh. do-over. I—I I, I am a huge advocate and cheerleader for business owners yeah. to think about this because it can be a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah but, it but sure but can. It can
1: add on on that particular topic too is is, as far as planning to go and selling for a business we talked about you know what numbers you need and knowing your value but the other thing about it is when to sell you know on the timing right and and most business owners don't think of that they just they you know I I see this time and time again especially with smaller businesses you know they want to do it they want to they they just say when I'm done I'm done I'm 65 now it's time to sell and, and I want to be done, it's, that's not necessarily roll it back. If you start this process early, you're looking at a five-year window and it. it's really exit is about is exit when, um, you know, would you hit your number? You know, it doesn't, and that could happen in this year or next year, decide what you want to do, plan on building what you want to, where you want to get to and then do it. Because, yeah. you know, that's the other problem is you could be you know, I'm, I'm going to keep on going on to this at 65, but we don't know what it's going to look like when you,
2: yep. when you I mean, yeah.
1: turn fast one way yeah. or
2: another. That's a great point. And, and again, I think it's even amplified for the small business owner, because for most of us as small business owners, that exit doesn't come planned. Right, it it comes yeah. when uh, on our drive home from the doctor appointment where we get the diagnosis that we didn't expect. It yeah. it, it comes with uh, an opportunity that trips across our, our our desk that we're way more excited about than this other thing. But we're three years from being able to sell this other thing. Uh, it, again, when when I talk with a small business owner, I'm not a, I'm not a big believer in the start with the end in mind. I, I think. I don't think most of us as small business owners can focus that far ahead. We gotta we gotta get to sustainability, right? Yeah. You gotta grow your business to sustainability. But once you get to sustainability, you gotta be asking those questions that that I started with: mm-hmm. Is it desirable? Can a can a buyer duplicate? Can I document? Because mm-hmm. at from sustainability on, you're a phone call away from again. As as owners we don't think about this topic until it's the only thing we think about. And then by then it's too late for most of us and that's why the numbers are so abysmal for small business sales.
1: Yeah. They're abysmal
2: yeah. because most of us wait and then we fail. That's what we do. That's what we do with this topic. We wait, uh, I'll do it in 3 years, I'll do it in 10 years
0: and then we fail.
1: Yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Now there's one last thing that I had on my my list that I was going to ask you guys about and how much do you think how much of a role do you think it plays if the company has nice solid growth compared to if it's kind of flat lumping along making okay money and just kind of flat you know. So if it has 15 10 15% year over year growth it's been doing that for a few years is that is that a lot more attractive to a buyer or is it really doesn't matter as long as they're good businesses? Andrew, I'll let you take that one first.
1: <laughs> um, you know, I think businesses that are growing, buyers like businesses that are growing. That's my experience. And and I don't care if you're big or small or in between. Uh, you know, if you're uh, you know, if you're going in that kind of trajectory, um, those are the kind of businesses I like to sell.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I I would agree with you. Growth is always better. Um, wh- I'm going to throw the caveat on that growth is expensive, and I I see I see business owners sometimes that are they continue to pursue that growth. Um, I, I I did that. I I for for th- the first ten years I owned that business, I was a growth junkie. Mm-hmm. I just never figured out how to make any money. I, oh, I kept yeah. I kept putting all the money back in. So the growth is great. But if it's coming instead of cash flow, that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, Unless you can make a real clear argument for uh, here's where this, you know, here's where the results are.
0: You're, you're 100% right. And that's a great point that I left out of that. And it does have to be producing profits, growing, growing profitably. So, if you're increasing those profits and that is one of the, the caveats and one of the things that we often have to help people with is how do you grow efficiently and yeah. still keep increasing your your profitability year over year?
1: Yeah. And, and well, that. you know and and you you bring up an excellent point too. Uh, growth is expensive. And it's also risky. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and if you're, you're a small business or a single owner, it's all your risk you're in a hundred percent. So it, it's all yeah. of you. You don't have partners. You don't have, you know, you're not using the other, the bank's money that maybe you are, maybe you're not, but you know, and it, you know, that I think we see that too. That's a ceiling that businesses get to as well. Um, that they are, you know, they're in a comfort zone I'm making enough money. Um, I don't need to go out and hire five more people to my sales team and add all that payroll and all that risk for something that might happen or not. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and, Uh, You know, and I'm going to be getting out of this thing in a few years, right? So I may not see the benefits of that investment, Um, you know, so all those are factors, right? But, uh, you know, but if you can inject, um, you know, even in a strategic location, some growth in some trajectory or, you know, uh, momentum into your business, you can impact your exit uh, significantly. You can put quite a bit more money in your pocket. It doesn't take a ton of time to do that.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and as as you said, Andrew, too, as 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 you're in the process of selling, and this comes back again too to, to when you were talking about Mike, you spending the eight hours a day working on your business, then eight hours preparing stuff for the buyers. If your business falters during a sale, yeah, it's 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 gonna go against you, man. It's gonna go yeah. against you. So you really can't afford any slip-ups during a that so growth actually helps with that some too because because you're going to be able to you know a, a little dimple here or there is not going to not going to hurt but uh yeah it's a it's growth definitely and and makes it more interesting for the yep. sellers because every time you're talking to a buyer and another month flips over and you get the new the new financial statements and the value that the seller discretionary earnings or the ebitda goes up a little bit it's yep. like yeah uh, you're you better go because the deal's not going to stay like this forever, that's right. And and that's always that's always produces speed and momentum, as Andrew says. And it's it's it really helps a lot. So,
1: yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, people have to understand too, this is a fairly long process, you know.
0: to, to once you decide to, you know,
1: once you put your business on the market, you're looking at seven or eight months, a lot can happen, uh, yeah. between there, you know, there and closing. And yeah, yes, good, bad, or ugly, you, so you got to be you you've got to be aggressive and and really keep your foot on the pedal with your business and that's that is a you know a common um it happens to a lot of people it's hard it's hard to do it yeah. because you're tired yeah. and you're done and you're, you're kind of wanting to ride off into the sunset and uh you take a little foot off the gas and then your deal's done you know it's gone yeah yeah,
0: yeah. well and and uh you have to change the way you run your business a little bit too and um Andrew and I had a situation in 2019 where a business owner decided to make a perfectly rational business change. <laughs> didn't didn't consider the ramifications of it. Well, it dropped their cash cash flow by what was it, a few hundred thousand dollars or something like that, or a couple hundred thousand dollars in a month, two hundred fifty. Well, that business was was a four x business.
1: It was actually, I think, a six x.
0: Six x. Okay, so it's something like that. Yeah. So it's-
1: it's- a million
0: bucks. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was over a million bucks. It affected the value of the business. So he's like, "Well, I, I was just making, but but you didn't it, talk to anybody. <laughs> you just made this decision. It wasn't and a bad business decision. No, it, it was a.
1: You know, uh, he, he he did it. You know, we understood why he didn't have to do it.
0: though Yeah. At
1: that particular time. So yeah. yeah.
0: So I we talk about red zone thinking. You know, it's like a well, you know, football team. You you play a lot different in inside the twenty. And we have to we have to help our clients think about that. It's, you know, you don't you don't bring on a ton of new debt unless you need it with new equipment and new trucks or whatever you're doing. And there's just a lot of things that you go, hey, if it's good, we we kind of want to hold during this time if we can, yep, and and, and keep it smooth. Yeah.
1: Red's great th- advice.
0: Great advice. Yeah. Exactly. Good stuff. Well, you know, what? I I we could talk about this a long time, but I I, I want to just summarize again because mike said it way better than than i I think that that we did but he brought great points you know if you want to prepare your business for sale mike finger boils it down into three simple questions are your results desirable both the the profitability of your business and the the job or the position that would someone would take over if they're going to buy that business i think that's huge because that that's the first one and it's obvious Oftentimes, I think the biggest one, Yep. but then can the buyer duplicate the results? And that has a lot of ramifications around risk and, you know, owner involvement in a business and other things like that. I think that's a great question, Mike. Um, and then can you document the results and its financials and, and good record keeping and other things like that? And the thing that, that I was thinking about after you said that is that only gets worse the bigger the business gets, too. And and you know we've had we've had some very long discussions with auditors and and quality of earnings audits and some really detailed financial things on larger companies where you just you can run a business out of a checkbook, it yep. works just fine while you're doing it, but when you can't reconcile at the end in the, back to a customer paid me ten dollars for this item and the ten dollars went into the bank here. Yep. You're going to have a hell of a time selling a business, no matter how how big it is.
1: Yep. The are important.
0: Yeah. So yep. awesome stuff, guys. I'm, I'm Great. so happy that we get you guys together and, and let you talk about this. And I hope that people listening here on LinkedIn got some, got some good benefit from it. Business owners, if you have any questions, Mike, if people want to talk to you about this, what's the best way to get a hold of you?
2: Uh, You can reach me. I'm active on LinkedIn, or you can uh, just go through the contact us at the website,
0: exitoasis.com. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks so much. And if people want to talk to to me, obviously, this is on my profile. And Andrew or I, we can get a hold of us that way on LinkedIn. And we'll be back again next week with some more. Uh, On the Faces of Business on Tuesday. And if you're listening and you're going to be around tomorrow, don't forget, we have the Manufacturing E-Commerce Success Series every Friday at 1030. And tomorrow we have an e-commerce, actually an e-commerce client of ours that's working tomorrow. They're not going to be selling is one of our consulting clients. So I was pretty excited about having that tomorrow. We're going to talk about how resellers can help expand e-commerce sales. So it's going to be good. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for being here. Thank you once again, Mike. Thanks, Andrew. Awesome. Have a great day, everyone.